Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. I have got 20 minutes, which is not very normal for me. So please, God, help us. Um, Mark 11, verse 20, it says, In the morning as they, they being Jesus and his disciples, went along, they saw the fig tree with it from the roots. Now, we spoke about this passage about three weeks ago, and we spoke about uh, the events leading up to this. Jesus went to a fig tree. It was supposed to have fruit because it had, um, yeah, it was saying that it had fruit, but when Jesus went to it, it didn't have any fruit. So Jesus said, may no one ever eat from you again. They came back to it the next day, and they saw that it was with it from the roots. And Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you kiss has with it. And this is what Jesus said, Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that, they, that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Has anyone ever heard of this term, mountain moving faith? Yep. If you've been Christian for more than six months, you've probably heard this uh, at some point. I remember growing up and we, we had this song by Paul Wilbur. It, 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 it was about this exact passage and you sang about, I will say to this mountain that stands in my way. No one knows Paul Wilbur? Oh my gosh. There we go, village people. Yeah, and, and we sang about it, we talked about it, and mountain moving faith is real. I love it. I love that, that the Bible talks again and again about mountain moving faith. In fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verse 2, uh, it says, If I have faith that can move mountains, I have faith that can move mountains. There's this thing about mountain-moving faith, and, and I'm really excited because what, um, as, as we dived into this series a couple of weeks ago, as uh, Pastor Beck was preparing for the message, her message last week, which was brilliant about how we can trust in God because He has got unlimited resource. He, he doesn't run out. We, we don't have to go to God and wonder whether He's going to be enough. He always is going to be enough. Brilliant message. You can get that on podcast, uh, but as she was preparing, she said that she saw this picture of um, Live Church, and she kind of saw, like, under the ground, under the surface, what God was doing through this series as we talked about faith was that there was this filling up of this water table that existed below the surface, and she said that it just felt like God was saying that He was putting in a new, uh, I guess, a river of faith into our church to to be able to draw on in in the seasons to come. It was, and she saw it as something that was not going to be used up. It was going to be a faith that really allowed us to move forward, which is something that I'm really excited about. Anyone like the idea of having faith so that you can see mountains move? Yep, yep, that's pretty good. We want to see mountains move. But then at the same time, I'm, I'm a little bit different from most other pastors I've come to realize. Uh, because most pastors have as part of their makeup something known as the gift of faith. 
which is this ability to just face difficult situations out. Like, they, 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 they don't get shaken up. They just kind of know how things go. I've been given the gift of um, planning ahead and not liking things to change. Anyone like me? Got a few people? Yeah, uh, I, that's, that's an amazing gift. Normally, I'm very detailed. I know how things are supposed to work out. Um, and, and so when difficult situations come, I, I get a little bit scared by it. And, and so this whole idea of faith and moving mountains scares me a little bit. Because all of us like to see the result of God taking our faith and doing something amazing with it. All of us would like to see Jesus calming the storm. But I wonder how many of us like the other side of the miracle, the, the, the precursor, if you will, to the miracle where, where you have to be in the boat in the middle of this sea that is being tossed around before seeing Jesus come through. And I, I, I imagine that it would be amazing to be one of the soldiers uh, that Joshua was leading around the walls of Jericho before they took the promised land. And, and to see the walls crumble down and to see this amazing victory from God. I want to see that. But I don't know if I would like to be one of the soldiers on day three or seven walking around those walls as we, as we were singing. In case you didn't know, I didn't know that, by the way. I was like, what's this song all about? Walking walls and falling down is about the story of the, uh, Jericho. You can read about it in Joshua. And, and I don't know how many of us would like to say yes to God before knowing how the miracle is about to come about. And um, so there's this stretch of faith that I think that we need. And so hearing God say that you need faith for what is coming ahead and I'm going to give faith to you is really cool, but I'm kind of wondering what's about to come ahead. You know what I mean? Anyone think like that? No, I told you I was different. But yeah, anyway, I'm really excited though because I think God began to kind of open up uh, over this series about what faith is. And we've discussed this. Faith isn't about being able to believe harder. And we spoke about it. Faith is not about, I believe that God, you can do this for me. And um, faith is really about saying yes to God. And uh, as I was thinking about that, God drew me back to this passage. And I believe that this, for today, this morning, is not so much me teaching you something uh, new, but I, I believe that this is something God's put on my heart for us as a church for the future. And, and as I mentioned, the, the Bible does talk about mountain-moving faith. And when you talk about mountain-moving faith, it really is about seeing an obstacle ahead of you. And saying, God, move this obstacle because we want to get across to the other side. You get what I mean? And so in, in uh, talking about saying yes to God and then there's a gap, uh, for example, for Beck and myself, we, we put our house on the market last year for a whole year and nothing happened. Literally nothing. The, the offers we got were like $120,000 below what we were asking for. That's how crazy it was. And, 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 and we wanted to move into Vic Park and all that kind of stuff. And there was this big gap between us putting the house on the market and seeing anything happen. And that felt like a real mountain to us. And it's really interesting because this, we have literally just put the house on the market this week. 
again, we felt like this is the right time and, and we're asking from God. And without even having any home opens, it's been on realestate.com.au for the last three days. Yesterday, our agent got a call from a man from Canberra saying, I'm going to be here next weekend, Sunday and Monday. I want to see that house. And so we don't know what's going to happen, but there's something in me that's like, something's happening. You know what I mean? And, and I'm really excited about it. But there's something about that gap. There was a mountain over the last year where we're like, God, move this stupid mountain. <laughs> this mountain is so annoying. You know what I mean? And some of you might have experienced even more difficult situations than we have. Maybe you've gone through a difficult um, a physical situation where, where sickness is overtaking you and it feels like there's this mountain ahead of you. And I'm here to tell you that there is mountain moving faith. As you continue to place your trust in God, mountains can move. And I totally believe that. We love to stand with you in prayer. Uh, the city, which is our uh, online community, we, we hear story after story of God coming through and doing crazy stuff. And we will love to continue to stand with you for that. But for this morning, there was something else that God began to open up for me because I started looking to what Jesus specifically said. And Jesus didn't say, if any of you would say to a mountain, Jesus said, if any of you would say to this mountain, this mountain, this specific mountain, I believe that Jesus was pointing to a mountain when he said that. And uh, so I got really intrigued by this thought that Jesus wasn't just simply telling every person, if you think that there's a mountain, just move it around. And maybe that's what happened to WA. All the mountains got moved by people with faith. You know what I mean? Like, oh, don't like that one. I want to build my house there. See you later, mountain. I don't think that that's what happened. Jesus was talking about this, this mountain. And I started looking to it. And what was going on was that it was coming around the time of Passover. The Passover was a big festival. It was at the start of the Jewish calendar. And what... Uh, many Jews would do is that they saw this as a very, very holy, powerful, sacred time of the year. And so much so that they would uh, see, uh, they would try to ensure that at least once in their life, they would take a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. That was a very big deal. Beck and I were in Israel three years ago on a study tour, and we got to go to Jerusalem. And the Jewish people that were taking us on this trip, they, they had this real sense of how special going to Jerusalem is. It's is like this phenomenal like, understanding that I'm on a very sacred journey. That's what the Jewish people see. We don't really understand it until we're in there. But take my word for it. It's a very special moment. And what Jesus did is that he took his disciples to Jerusalem. Uh, they did this pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. At the same time, maybe because it was really crowded with lots of people, uh, uh, Jesus and his disciples were staying in Bethany, which was about three kilometers uh, away from Jerusalem. And they just took the trek in every single day. And uh, I've got this picture of a map that shows you the journey that they would probably have taken. And they would have gone from Bethany, which is on the, my left, your right, uh, on the map. And they would come, come across the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem. And you can see that thing called the temple. And, and so commentators, I, I looked into this, and commentators on the Bible said that most likely Jesus was either pointing to the Mount of Olives or 
the Temple Mount because that's the track that they would have taken. Just a quick note, when they say Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount, both are quite small. They're like Perth Hills. They just call them mountains. Uh, they're not really mountains. Not in my opinion anyway. So when you see them walking across the Mount of Olives, it's not like they climbed Mount Everest to get across to the other side. It was just a little hill that they walked across. But, but Jesus said, as they trekked along, if any of you would say to this mountain, and as I continue to look into this, I continue to study this, it occurred to me that Jesus was probably pointing to the Temple Mount when he said, if anyone would say to this mountain. Now, this is really interesting. You've got to catch this. The Temple, uh, and why I think it's so is because in Jewish culture, the Temple Mount is the center of Jerusalem, is the center of Israel. And it's kind of elevated. In fact, when you make this pilgrimage to Jerusalem, one of the things that they do is that they recite psalms in the Bible known as songs of ascent. If you look in your Bible in Psalms, you see some of the psalms and it says uh, a song of ascent. It means that they repeat, meditate on that verse while they're going to Jerusalem. When you go to Jerusalem, it doesn't matter where you're coming from, they always say, we're going up to Jerusalem. When you read the Bible and it says, uh, uh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. That is referring specifically in that day and age to the Temple Mount. Okay, so this is a very important thing. Also understand that the temple is so important to Jewish culture. Uh, when when uh, a Jewish Judaism follows uh, a group of uh, laws that they govern them, they call it a mitzvot. Mitzvah, mitzvot. Mitzvot, I think it's mitzvot. One is singular, one is plural. Anyway, just so you know, I, I've forgotten. But there's 613 of them. Now in AD 70, the temple of Jerusalem was completely destroyed. So much so, and this so changed Jewish culture that today, people that practice Judaism can only fulfill 270 of the laws. 270 or 613. Now, not all of those laws that they don't practice are, uh, are related specifically to the temple. There's, there are other little bits and pieces as well. But uh, most commentators say that a huge chunk of the laws that they no longer for, are able to fulfill is because the temple is gone. So imagine if in, um, in, in our laws we are no longer able to fulfill half of them. It's a pretty big change. Pretty, pretty big change. So what I'm trying to show you is that there is one mountain really in the disciples' minds. As they were taking this trek from Bethany to Jerusalem, they were going up to Jerusalem. They were going up to the Temple Mount, which makes what Jesus says extremely shocking. Because he says, if anyone would say to this mountain, be removed and cast yourself into the sea. Put it into our terms. Let's say Jesus is taking a stroll along Albany Highway and he sees our church. And then he says to his disciples, I tell you the truth. If any of you says to that church, be removed and cast yourself in the sea, it will be done. What would your reaction be? Oh, what great faith that would be. Or would it be, what the heck are you doing in my church? Why are you asking my church to go anywhere? 
I like my church where it's supposed to be. You get what I mean? Uh, there's this thought in my mind, I'm like, why would Jesus be pointing to that temple? In fact, for, I'm wondering where the disciples were at in this moment. Maybe they were just zoned out completely. Because this was the temple of Jerusalem Jesus could have been, and in my opinion, was talking about to them about. And I started to think about that. Why would Jesus say something like that? And it occurred to me that just a few verses before, in Mark chapter 11, you can read it yourself, we're completely running out of time. Um, in, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus actually clears the temple. We talked about this three years ago. He, he clears everyone out and he says to them, get out because this was supposed to be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. The temple was now no longer operating as it should. It was no longer representing God. It was no longer representing a space for people to encounter God and to uh, worship God and, and to, uh, you know, have their, have their focus reset on God. It was becoming a place that was just common and everyday. And then in Mark chapter 13, just two chapters later, the disciples were walking past the temple and they saw how magnificent it was and and descriptions of the temple make it sound like it was really amazing. In fact, they had so much awe for God that the way that they built the temple was that they put gold between the slabs of rock to hold the temple together. If you can use gold as a mortar, you're doing pretty good. You know, it's pretty, and so the disciples were walking past and like, oh, look at this temple, how amazing it is. Oh, look at how ornate, how beautiful, how magnificent. And Jesus says to them, you see this temple? It will be completely destroyed. Every stone will be taken off the other one. This is what Jesus said. He seemed to have a different opinion of the temple compared to the disciples. And as I thought about that, and I was wondering why God kept bringing this back to me, especially for this Sunday, I began to see that He was issuing us a message of clarity as a church. Because I realized that something extremely disappointing about what was going on in Jesus' time is that they had all of these God-fearing, devout Jews gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, which, by the way, is one of the greatest festivals. It actually points towards Jesus. And Jesus was walking amongst them, and they didn't see Him. They were so caught up in their temple worship that they didn't see the Savior that they were anticipating walking amongst them. And so Jesus says to his disciples, if any of you understand that that temple is just simply a building, if you understand that that building no longer serves the original function and purpose that it was intended for, and if you go, no, something needs to change, you can just say to it, be removed and cast yourself in the sea. See, faith isn't just about getting rid of mountains that you don't like. I believe that the bigger part of it is that faith is seeing the world through Jesus' eyes. It's about seeing what is truly needed, what is truly required. It's about 
being able to recognize the Savior amongst us. That's, that's what faith really is about. And so when you get disappointed that the mountain that you want moved is not moving, I'm wondering whether maybe God is saying to you, you've got the wrong mountain. You're supposed to be saying to this mountain. And I realized that last year there were mountains being moved, even though my house wasn't being sold, but the mountains were in me. It was God moving these mountains that were obstructing my view of Christ. It was obstructing my view of the goodness of God. That was obstructing my view of what God was wanting to do in me. And I'm wondering whether there's going to be a church that is willing to refocus and say, God, which mountain do you want to move? I will ask it to move. And if Jesus says, move this mountain that you love so much, that you worship so much, will you ask it to move? I hope that we are going to be able to say yes. But why should we say yes to that? Why should our mountain move? God brought me to another passage in Luke chapter 4, I believe. Luke chapter 3. This is a prophecy about Jesus coming. And, um, and it says this. This is specifically about um, John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus. But I believe that there's something significant for us to see as well today. It says, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for Him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. God began to put something in my heart. Lift Church isn't about building a platform. Lift Church isn't about building a Sunday morning. Lift Church isn't about making you feel comfortable, making you feel like you've done your religious and spiritual duty. Lift Church is not about you coming together and, and having a little powwow and then going home and saying, yeah, I've done my Christian thing. I'm just now going, going to go back into my own life. Lift Church is supposed to be a place of building and, and preparing the way of the Lord. And if Lift Church becomes the mountain that needs to be moved, I pray that we're going to have the courage to say, move mountain, because that's not going to prepare the way of the Lord. See what it says? It says, when you've done all of these things, when the path has been made straight, when the mountain has been moved and the valleys filled up, it says, then... All men shall see God's salvation. You know, some of you have been praying real hard for people to see Christ. But maybe you've been keeping your mountains. Some of you have been wanting to see salvation flow through your life. You're wondering why you're so ineffective at reaching out to your friends and to your family. And I, I love that heart that wants to bring Christ wherever you go. But I'm wondering whether there is a part of you that needs to move some mountains. But not moving mountains in terms of the obstructions to get to where you want to get to, but it's obstructions to where God wants to go through you. And I, I'm... I know this is probably not the most like, exciting message, but can you imagine what happens if churches and Christians realize that our faith is not simply about getting what I want. It's about allowing God to do what He wants. We become so caught up in our mountains, building our own platforms, 
getting our own way, that sometimes we forget that God's wanting to bring salvation through you to multitudes of people. Lived year three is not about us filling up this room. I hope that this room gets filled up because, because we are preparing the way for the Lord. I hope that this room gets filled up not because it'll make me feel good. Oh, it'll make me feel good. I know that. But I'm surrendering that mountain to God. God, move that mountain of pride. Move that mountain of, of self-worth. Move that mountain of self-confidence in my heart. It is not about what I'm doing. It's about what you are doing. So move that mountain away from me. I've realized that every time I've given up a mountain that I've been holding on to, God does something. I've recognized that every time I've laid myself down, the thing that I'm holding on to. Do you know that mountains were very, very significant back in those days? They were strongholds. They were the place that people built fortresses. Why? Because it's harder to attack those places. They, they, were, they were places that, uh, 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 that, that people knew they could defend. And, and I've realized that there's so many places that I'm trying to defend. And God's saying, give me that place. Give me that, move it. Move that mountain, cast it into the sea because the sea needs to get filled up so that there's a path that is being formed so that all men might see God's salvation. Now, normally I like to bring a message on a Sunday morning that relates to you and relates to uh, how you can see God as a gracious God and, and a loving God. But this morning, I don't know, is a call to arms. And I know some of you have not really been part of Live for very long. Maybe you're here for the first time and it kind of sounds strange. But let me tell you something, because I, God challenged me about this. He said, you know what, Nate? If you're making Christianity sound like just being happy and nice, they can get it easier from other places. You can find a nice paying job and go for holidays and vacations. You can do all that kind of stuff without God. Vacations don't need God. But where you need God is a purpose and a meaning for your life. And so when I'm talking like this, I'm talking deeply into each and every single one of you. I'm praying that God's using these words to stir something up in your heart because you're a person that has a mission that needs to be accomplished. And when every Christian starts to see, man, it's not about me. It's not about what I want or what I think. It's not about my mountains. It's about what God wants to accomplish through me things start to happen. The more I release my mountains, the more I see God doing stuff. The more I'm convinced that nothing I can do, nothing the world can give me, will ever compare to what God wants to do. So can we get the band up this morning? I wish I could explain this a lot better. I wish we could take a bit more time with this, but I respect that my time is about up. But my question to you is, how do you see God? How do you see what He's wanting to do? How do you see your life fitting in with God? Does God just kind of fit in amongst the things of your life? Or is your life focused on preparing the way for the Lord? One person put it this way. If you see yourself as a pipeline for God's grace to flow through, you're always going to get wet. You're always going to get wet. 
You're always going to have God's grace flowing through you and through you and through you. You're always going to get the stuff that God is able to do. And let me tell you, my life is a testimony to that. The more I've learned how to get rid of the blockages, we, we are all like that. I'm like, God, I, I need more. I'm, I'm worried about that. I, I need to have my plans. I need to have my security. I need to have my mountains. But the more I've done that, the more I've realized that I've stopped up God's grace in my life. It's not flowing through. And suddenly life is stale. Suddenly the energy is gone. The excitement about tomorrow is no longer there. When the moment I say, move this mountain, God is blocking the way. This mountain needs to move. Suddenly the grace flow begins to come through again. And I'm getting wet. I'm getting wet in God's grace and what He's doing in my life. See, God has a purpose and destiny for each and every one of you. That purpose and destiny is not so that you can be a selfish bum sitting on your own backside watching Netflix the whole day. If you're doing that, no condemnation, I'm sorry. Most people are doing that right now. I'm saying that because year three is a year that we need faith, mountain-moving faith. It's a year that we need to dig deep and say, yes, God, and then we're in the middle of that little boat in the middle of the sea and the storm's raging and we continue to say, yes, God. Yes, God, I know that you can calm this storm. I know that this is the middle of an impossible situation, but because you put me here, because I'm saying yes to you and you put me here, I know you're going to do something about it. I, I, I hope that we have that yes attitude so that God's saying, go walk around that place seven, for seven days, and then on the seventh day, walk around it seven times. And I want to have a church that says, yes, God. Even though it's day three and my legs are tired and, and there are people laughing and jeering at me, I can still say yes to you because the miracle's on the other side. The salvation, the victory is on the other side. So church, are we ready to up our yes? Even willing to say yes to God when He's saying, hey, 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 this mountain needs to move. And he's pointing things out. Hey, hey, this mountain. If anyone would say to this mountain, if you would say to this mountain, and this is a message for me, there's still many places in my heart and in my life I don't want to say yes to. You make it clear I'm as human as any one of you guys. There are places in my life I don't want to say yes to God yet because it's a place of security. I've got it figured out. But sometimes God's saying, time to move time to move. Can we stand together, church? We're just going to sing this bridge of that song, so I see you move, move the mountains. And as we sing that, if you're willing to, can you just, maybe if you want to, Physically put a hand on your heart and say, God, is there any mountains that need to move? Is there any mountains that need to move? So as we sing it, allow this to be a prayer. I know our time's up. We're going to finish really shortly. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.